Hey guys, and welcome back to Scary Stories to Tell Your Sister. I'm Megan. I'm Dana. And today we have more scary stories for you. So sit back and try to relax. And here we go. Hello, hello, my dear sister. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm currently looking for my phone to put it on here to serve. So there it goes. I got a notification already. So I knew I needed to do that. January is almost at its end. And by the time this recording is live, you'll be a year older. I will. Saturday is my birthday, guys. So first and foremost, happy birthday and warmest salutations to my forever older sister. Thank you. Thank you very much. Tell us your birthday plans for the weekend. I can't be there, so I want to know what's happening so I can celebrate together but apart. Thank you. Yeah, so Saturday, um, we're going to be having a game night and just inviting a bunch of friends over to play some board games and who knows you know different kinds of games like i think there's one that you can play on the tv i forgot what it's called but we played it a while ago at another friend's house and we had a blast so we're planning on doing something like that and then eating good food there's this place nearby that has the most amazing authentic puerto rican food and it is the bomb.com so We'll be getting that and having that for dinner. And then, of course, I was going to make the cake myself, but, you know, it's tradition to have. What kind of cake, Dana? Uh, Your, oh, it's the red velvet armadillo cake. No, that's what I want later in life. But it's a tradition that we have. Publix? Yeah, Publix cake. Okay, I thought you were talking like a certain kind of cake, and I was like, no, 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 no. not one that I I want to make. I'm dying to make this armadillo cake, but <laughs> I haven't made it. If you've seen Dale Magnolias, it's that cake. I really want to make that, but I won't be doing that for my birthday this year. <laughs> one year though. What about you? Publix cakes is the way to go. I'm up north, and I have yet to find something. And a store-bought variety that is equivalent to Publix cakes for the quick and delicious. Yeah, Publix cake, if you don't live in the South. Near, yeah, near Publix, you are really missing out. So if you do come down to Florida, do go to Publix. Do get, they, some, they most of the time now have like a slice of the Publix cake. So you don't have to go and buy like a huge thing. Just get a slice. And get yourself a Publix sub. Uh, and guys. you will just be in heaven. I'm drinking tea right now out of like one of those insulated cups, Hydro Flask. And I filled this thing up with tea at 1.30-ish. It is still hot enough to burn my tongue. Oh, wow. It's a warm one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. That was just a random fact I decided to throw at you. I feel like we're going to be like, well, that's not a paid advertisement, unfortunately. No. 
Yeah, we'll talk about keeping things. <laughs> well, we're, told we're we're not good at that. So, <laughs> no. Uh, um. Also, Todd the cat. More to his story. He um he came in one day, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but he had a really bad smell Ew. about him. And good smell, or has he always been stinky? Well, he always smelled like kitten licked. I don't even know how to explain that. He's <laughs> mouth? He smelled, yeah, kind of like he's been constantly licked his entire life. Like licked until kingdom come. But this was a new foul smell. Something foul was afoot. And literally, it was his little paw, his little foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we found out. I'm like, what is that smell? For the longest time, I'm trying, I'm sniffing all around. And it's him, but I don't know what exactly it's coming from. And then I noticed he had like a little cut or something going on with his little paw. And his little nail looked like it was coming off kind of. So I was like, oh my gosh, we have to take him to the vet. And and then I, I put two and two together and I'm like, that might be the foul smell. And sure enough, it was. But thankfully, we brought him to the vet. They were able to clean it up, give him a shot of antibiotics. And now they said his smell will leave him within the next couple of days. <laughs> Praise the Lord, because he has to stay inside now for, they said, like two weeks. But I think if I just give him a week inside, he'll be okay. He is stir crazy. So we'll see. Now, is it official? Is he part of your family? Well, I'll be honest. I would love to keep him. I would. If somebody that we know and love would like a cat, I will gladly share him. Because having three cats in this house is a little chaotic. And I do not like the chaos. But he's the sweetest cat ever. Like the sweetest, the most fun, just very, what's the word? Very, I can't think of the word. The word is No, it's like when you're very, when you're looking at something and very like, oh, what's that? What's the word? It starts with an I, I think. What's the word? Thunderbird. Inquisitive? Inquisitive. Thank you. Okay, your turn. Well, apparently your nephew Ferris felt the pain of Todd because today he got he hurt himself at daycare. So he was uh, limping. Yeah. But he didn't even like hurt himself. He goes to doggy daycare. And you'd think it was like another dog was playing with him too roughly. No. Our dog ran up the stairs and tripped. No. Yeah, so he's currently laying next to me, my forever companion. And we picked him up, like, well, he got injured. But he should be fine, but he's limping to let him rest. So, of course, Abby and I are, like, first-time mothers all over nervous. But he's good. He's resting. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a week. Yeah. I'm not done yet. We had an emergency with the family with Abby's side. And so we've... A lot of my research was all over the place because of that. And so we're recording later, but also earlier. It's weird. And then 
one of the kids I care for is sick again. Kids are like, you lick a Petri dish every time. Yeah. So she's sick. And today was not her day. She just wanted to sob and be held by me. Like only me. And then also I couldn't sit down. I had to stand up and hold her. Oh. And so finally it's the worst. Hey, here's the thing, sugar bean. I need to sit down. And so finally she's like, okay, I'll cry for a little bit, then I'll settle in. But on the plus side, her and her sister, they're both twins, they slept for three hours. Ooh. So same time, solid three-hour nap. So that is nice. That was really nice. So that worked out well. And even though with everything that happened, I had another topic I was going to do, but that's going to be my topic for next week. Okay. So I have another topic for this week that I chose because it's like an old faithful and then like a light thing. So, oh yeah, that'll be nice. I'm excited. Yeah. You're going to love this one. You're going to love next week too. I just know it. It's one of those things. Yeah. You told me I was going to love it. And once you said that, I, I really did already love it. So I'm really excited because yeah, I think you're going to love it. And I'm excited to hear yours because I don't think you told Abby what it was either i didn't but the way you spoke about yours i know it's not the same subject because i don't think that you you're speaking kind of endearingly and the topic i have i wouldn't call it endearing no mine yeah mine's an endearing one i'm really excited to know what yours your not endearing one is yes well shall we get started yes so the topic i have for you today is a topic we've touched on before, and today I'm just going to focus on one specific family's story. So this story is about an abduction experience. The story of Steve and Dawn Hess, and it takes place starting in 1989 okay. through 1992. Whoa. And they live in Northern California. They have two young children. And, you know, they're a young couple and they want a little break. So they were lucky enough to have the help of his parents who were able to care for the young children while they went away into the Mojave Desert. So the couple are getting ready to go. They borrow his father's camper and they're planning to just camp out okay steven and dawn they set out to to their destination to mid hills campground in the mojave desert and then that's in, that's in california yes okay sorry maybe i i sorry i i didn't know and i wanted to make sure i knew i uh, thought it i thought it was let me just double check California and Nevada and some parts in Arizona and Utah. Okay, so they're in California, so I'm assuming they're just going to the closest one. Okay, I didn't know if they were, like, going to a different place or, like, how far away it was. Okay, sorry. Continue on. <laughs> so he'd been there many times before. He knew, you know, everything about it, yeah. and he knew that all he had to do was drive in, get a campsite, and park. Yeah. But when they got to the campground, Stephen discovered that it was at max capacity. 
No. Yeah. So not having a backup plan, he thinks quickly and he decides to take his wife to another location about an hour and a half away. They're heading down this unpaved dirt road, jostling left and right on the rough terrain. Now, Don is a little concerned because... Thanks for aim. Yeah. The, <laughs> the area he's taking them to is very secluded. And if they got stuck or in some sort of trouble, car-wise or, you know, otherwise, yeah. help was not just a call away. This is early 90s. Yeah. And no, no cell phones. They don't have a cell phone. So they're driving down the canyon road until eventually they find the perfect spot. To park their camper. Also, I'd be very car sick. But anyways. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, can we just maybe go to a hotel for the night and see what happens? Right. I don't know how far away they are, but or I think like, we just like park in like a park. Because at that point, like rest stop is fun. They literally drove down that road for an hour and a half. Megan, at what point do you say enough is enough? We're good. <laughs> yeah. I would have done that almost immediately because I just would be sick. Oh, you'd be the worst. Yeah. So it's now dusk and Stephen is preparing steaks on the grill for dinner. That sounds delicious, actually. I know. Doesn't it? I just imagine it being like cooked slowly Uh, and it being so tender. Mm. As he's cooking, he can see a bright light just above the mountain in the distance. Not thinking much, he goes back to cooking. Again looks up for a second time, and the light has now moved away very quickly, just behind the mountains. After that, he'd glance up occasionally, thinking he'd be able to catch a glimpse of the light once again. But it never did come back. After dinner, the couple sits back to enjoy the perfect view of all of the stars and planets. That is one thing I think I would super love. It's to go out to a desert or somewhere like barren area where there's no light pollution and just see how vast the stars are. Dana, I could stare at them all night, right? Because like where we are, we have a lot of light pollution. And I know even like where you are, we've driven out, we've camped places. But even then, it's not, it's not the same. Mm-mm. Yeah, they had a pretty good view when we stayed Last year for Thanksgiving in Hurt, Virginia. Oh, yeah, that was very, you're right. I forgot about that. That was very pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was, the strange thing, though, do you remember how silent it was? It was so quiet. It was eerily quiet. It was so scary there that when you guys left, Abby and I got scared that we left middle of the night, too. I, I, I ended yeah. up bottle of a bottle in their kitchen i try to clean it up i did the best i could i was like panicking cleaning this up too it was like 3 a.m i was so afraid i was so afraid yeah i I remember the lady talked about it in her review i felt so bad to this day i still feel so bad i've never gotten a negative review on like anything before and i still think about this you know what honestly dana though it was such a silly thing Something so silly because, like, part of the floor was sticky. I, I don't think that mm-hmm. she should have even added it in there. I Because you well, didn't I mean, intentionally. You tried to clean it up. Yeah. I think there might, there might have been some shards I might have missed. But I cleaned it the best that I could in a state of panic. But. Oh, it broke? 
it broke. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. It was one of our bottles. So it wasn't even like something, it broke something of hers. I broke something of ours. Sorry. I know, but it's still, I, to this day, it still haunts me. Well, Dana, to- you did your best. Don't let that bother I, you. I've seen some like horror stories of Airbnbs and I'm, and I am like, okay, I broke a, I broke a bottle of my own and I made her floor sticky, was tile floor, but still to this day, it haunts me. I know. Regardless, we saw beautiful stars there. I want to see stars in the desert. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. They, these people saw them. That'll be kind of. Seems like we're cruising for a bruising. Yeah. So now they're just enjoying this time. They're enjoying the stars. They're enjoying the planets. And they're gazing into the absolutely clear, vast night sky. Then they observe these lights they know aren't stars. No. Because they're moving. And then, as if on cue, the sounds of nature are all gone. The desert is still and noiseless. No sounds of the animals just heard moments before. Still. The lights they'd seen were now blinking rhythmically. And just when Stephen assumes they're probably just weather balloons, they move just so, eventually forming what looks like the letter M, as in Megan, in the sky. Uh, uh, I want to know. This is a legit question. Have you ever seen a weather balloon? No. Because I hear all the time. Are they blimp? I hear all the time in... Like UFO stories, like, oh, it was a weather balloon. It was a weather balloon. I said, what the fuck are weather balloons? Because I've never seen <laughs> one. And I don't think, I'm like, do they look that much like UFOs? That's so like, oh, it's a weather balloon. Oh my God, Dana, that is so funny. <laughs> Dana, do you know who I was like? The letter M, like Megan. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, there's like an actual phonetic alphabet Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot. Yeah. Do you know all of them? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Okay, I do not know all of them. So <laughs> I saw this TikTok the other day. This girl was like, I was telling somebody, she was giving some sort of information over the phone to somebody. And so she's using her own little, you know, yeah. whatever. P as in Penelope, E as in Ella P. <laughs> like, what was her name? <laughs> um, Who was that? Um, oh, Phoebe. Phoebe. Yeah, P as in Phoebe, H as in Hebe, O as in O V. E as EV, B as in like BB, and then like she's like E as something else. Yeah. But yeah, no, so, there's a phonetic alphabet. Do you want to hear it? I, I looked it up after the girl was like, you know, her mother made fun of her because she was giving this lady the information, but completely incorrectly, like I was. And yeah. as in Megan, Mike, Mike is the, is the thing for M. I don't remember all of them, and I never I, will. I'm just going to live my life the way I want. I haven't memorized one here. Okay, go ahead. Show off. I do. I want to do this. This is my Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, Golf. Uh, golf or Golf? One of those. Hotel, India, Juliet, Kilo, Lima, Mike, November, Oscar, Papa. I had forgotten the cue, but I remembered it. It's Quebec, Romeo, 
Sierra Tango Uniform Victor Whiskey X-Ray Yankee and Zulu. I always remember mom using Victor. 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 Yeah. Like when when like when they'll call in, I remember uh, a lot of times when they call in like license plates or when they call over air traffic control, they use those terms too. Right. That I yes. Yeah. Yeah. You were yeah. correct. So thank you. <laughs> Very good. Emma's and Megan forever. Yes. So after that, within just a few moments, smaller oh yeah, wait, wait, wait. So we don't exactly know what a weather balloon looks like, right? No. Okay. So a few minutes after they see the M, these smaller red lights begin to fall from the larger lights. I at, at slow speed, fall to the ground below. I so now they're terrified because same girl, same. Steven specifically thinks it's the Russians invading. <laughs> not same girl, same. I mean, maybe now, but. <laughs> right? And I'm not laughing, but I am because that kind of made me giggle a little. Yeah. But I can imagine, I, I would probably think the same thing. I don't know about specifically the Russians, but I would definitely think what the heck somebody is invading. And they're basically, he's thinking they're the first to witness this, you know? and. Yeah. Not to mention, they're pretty freaking close to where this is happening. Oh, yeah, that's true. Dawn is completely transfixed on what's transpiring right before her very eyes. Even as whomever or whatever has hit the ground and is now headed straight in their direction. No, so you're saying it didn't stay still? No. So these little red lights felt like the M, the letter M. Those are little, let's say, white lights, right? Mm -hmm. And from those lights, lights, they birthed. It seeds. You said what? I said seeds. Seeds. It's true. Mean to in that way. I think like pollinating, which I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it did. So it seeded to the ground and the seeds Mm -hmm. moved. That's interesting. Exactly. Exactly. They just hit the ground running. And Stephen manages to get in the camper so quick, grabs his rifle in an attempt to protect them from whatever sort of invasion is occurring right outside their doors. Seconds later, seconds later, loud footsteps can be heard right above their heads. They're inside the camper now and they hear footsteps above their heads. Megan. Hmm. Megan. Mm -hmm. I would simply perish. Pass away. <laughs> I'm about to cry thinking about that right now. What's no? Yeah. Yep. Steven described them. He saw them. He could see what these creatures were now. He sees them from his window. He mm-hmm. hears one of them above his head. And he says he they were kind of nymphish, elvish, while his wife said they were very alien-like. I had to look up what a nymph was. Yeah. Because I couldn't re- really picture it. And it's sort of like an elf or fairy with fairy features. Mm-hmm. But before I looked it up in my mind, I pictured something smaller and kind of like weird, skinny, Dobby-esque. Okay. So I'm wondering if he too envisioned something sort of like that. 
Because when he said nymphish, I don't think that that's exactly the description. I just have a feeling that's not what he meant. You know, well, what he I mean? probably if he said like nymph and elf like, he probably almost meant like maybe like a wood, like a wood nymph maybe with like the little like the ears maybe. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. More more fairy like than like siren esque type person. Exactly. Either way, that would be creepy. Oh yeah. So they're looking out of the camper. They're now surrounded by these things, and Stephen is curious as to what's going on. So he reaches his hand out and tries to like lean in closer to the window. Which? No. No, I wouldn't. I would be hiding in under the, the blanket. Bed. Yes, I was gonna say in the bed. Yeah. No, I'd be like la 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 la. I'd be humming so loud, so that I, I can't. If I can't hear them, and they can't, if I can't see them, they don't exist to me. Right. Yeah. So he's not doing that. He's reaching and looking, and as he's doing so, something zaps him so forcefully it pushes him back. No. They can hear what sounds like some sort of hydraulic humming coming from above and all around them. And they have no idea what's happening. But just as quickly as it all started, everything stops. It again becomes eerily quiet. Like it was just minutes ago. It's over, right? No, it's not. Well, not quite. The camper was shaking so much. It was as though an earthquake was taking place just moments after this eerie quietness. The noise was back again, followed this time by a mist that's now entering the camper through any way that was possible. (gasps) Until it eventually filled up to the point where the Hesses thought they were going to die. Moving was impossible. Breathing was becoming more and more difficult. And that was it. The next morning, Dawn and Stephen wake up together in the camper and are utterly confused as to what happened. Stephen rushes to the radio and turns it on, so sure he's going to hear, you know, a confirmation that there was some sort of invasion. But there was absolutely nothing. There was nothing to suggest anything had actually occurred the night before, except for two marks on Dawn's neck. almost looked like needle marks no they at this point just wanted to leave and go home and just get back to their kids they saw another couple though on their way out and they too were camping in the area so steven decided to stop and ask them if they'd heard anything or seen anything in the area last night but the couple had had it The couple had gone to bed early the night before and just didn't witness anything to the extent that Stephen and Dawn had, or at all, actually. So what Stephen and Dawn struggled with most was missing time, because after that smoke had entered into the, the, not cabin, what's it called? Yeah, the cabin, the cabin of the camper, yeah. Okay. After it entered into the cabin, that was like it lights out. But they returned home 
They didn't say anything to anyone because they were kind of scared and truly didn't know what had happened. So life returned to normal, or so they thought. One quiet evening in the Hess house, Donna woke to the sound of little Stephen. That's the, the son. She goes to check on her child who's downstairs near the front door. And she is wondering why he's by the front door. It's late at night. Everybody's asleep. She kneels down to ask him what he's doing. And he says, don't let those guys get me. Absolutely not. When Don asks who, <laughs> Stephen says who it is. Stephen says the little guys with the red eyes. Megan? Isn't it funny how many times red eyes come up? So funny. I would be like, ah, Big Stephen, he's your... <laughs> I know. He... No, I'm like, who? No, I'd leave the kid. I'm like, bye, your dad's coming to get you. I can't. <laughs> and then back under the sheets humming loudly. I would just be like, okay, run. And I'd grab his hand and we'd run upstairs. So Stephen didn't want to tell anyone about the incident. Not the child. Now we're talking about Stephen Sr. Da Daddy Stephen? Daddy Stephen. He didn't want to tell anybody about the incident in fear of being made fun of. Yeah. Or just not being believed. But one day he does decide to confide in his bestie, Paul Moran. Paul, his bestie, then relays the info to Ron Ferber, an investigative author. Ron happens to know someone he thought could help the couple, but wanted to speak with them first to make sure that they were credible. So upon meeting them, he sensed how normal, you know, nobody's really normal, but how normal this couple really was. They just seemed like regular family people that had no interest in anything that had to do with aliens. And he could see their reluctance to actually divulge to him everything that had occurred. Okay. Eventually, he introduced them to someone that he thought could really help. Enter Dr. William Annixter. He was a psychiatrist that worked at the Mountain Center of Psychiatry in Asheville, North Carolina. I love, love Asheville. <laughs> we both love Asheville. He specialized in regression therapy, something that was thought could greatly benefit the Hess couple. So Dr. William Annixter met Stephen Don Hess and went on to describe them, again, as normal, educated professionals, articulate and intelligent. But he did notice their almost nervous trepidation in relation to receiving this treatment, specifically focusing on the four hours they could not recall, Dr. Annixter decided to proceed with the therapy, but thought it best to be done separately. So he first had Dawn sit in a chair. He encouraged her to get comfortable. And after doing so, he began the therapy. He talked her through different relaxation techniques in order to get her in a place that was open to remembering what had occurred the night of October 21st, 1989. Next, I'm going to read to you exactly what she said in the video. Oh, God. The session was recorded. The sky around us was like filled with lights, like our whole platform of Earth was up in the sky. 
He wants me to lay on the table. Now, both Don and Stephen were told to lay on these examination tables where they were unable to move at all. She then goes on to say, he's right there. And she begins to describe faces of aliens around her. There's a wand, she said. And they just put it on my neck. I can feel it. My head feels like it's just kind of fuzzy and floating around. It almost feels like I've been drugged. The poor woman in the video, by the way, looks absolutely pained and then says in a sad, squeaky, small voice, I just want to go home now. <gasps> that broke my heart. When Dr. Annexturch spoke with Stephen, he described being in a room as well on this ship. And this is what he said. He said, I'm on a table. I'm laying on my back looking up. He said he could see bright lights. When the doctor asked if he felt like he was being watched, he responded, I can see an outline. All the while, Steve is physically struggling in the chair during this hypnosis. Whatever was happening seemed to be really traumatic. Yeah. The psychiatrist went on to say he saw no signs of falsification and believed their story completely. One thing that did concern Dawn was that she was now pregnant. No. What was odd was the timing of this pregnancy because it was not in line of where, like, where she was in her cycle. No. Was not a time that she would normally be able to conceive. So I have the biggest turtle face is frowning right now. I I know. It's so freaky. She was worried that her baby wasn't going to be, quote, completely ours. And whatever had taken them that night had some kind of hand in the conception of this child. Thankfully, when she did finally give birth, Amber Lee was her name. And she was a perfect little human baby. After their experience, the Hesses are convinced we are not alone in this universe. And that was pretty much it for their story. But if you want to watch the episode where I got this information from, it's from a show called Paranormal Witness. Love it. The Mojave Encounter. I think it's like season five. and. It's a pretty interesting episode, and you'll get to see that the people actually speak themselves and a little bit of their regression therapy. But yeah, that's the story, Dane. What do you think? Do you think they were abducted, or do you think they... I don't know. At first, I was like, okay, it's a close encounter because I didn't realize they had, like, lost time. I knew they lost time, but I, I thought maybe they had come into the camper. Something definitely happened. Or they were high out of their minds in all the Mojave Desert. I know. Um, because, like, oh, that's a, an hour and a half on bumpy roads. But someone was still next to them nearby. Mm-hmm. So, like, they weren't just, like, completely alone. No. I don't know how much further up the road they were. And the couple did go to bed early. I, also, the sound that they talked about seemed like it was a pretty loud sound, you know? 
So how much further up the road do you have to be to not be able to not hear the sounds or, you know, witness the bright lights? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And you got to think about it because the the sky is pretty big. They're in the desert, so there's nothing really obstructing it. I'm trying to think of like how to drive an hour and a half. People from the other campsite, how much far away would they have been to see something, you know? Yeah, I don't like to judge people by the, you know, by their looks or like, but these people are normal, shmormal. But I think also the thing that gets me is drugs or no drugs, the shared uh, memory aspect of it. I know. And he did notice the two dots on her neck, yeah. like the two puncture marks. Her husband noticed it as well upon waking up. That, that, I think that the, the mark. What gets me is the footsteps on top and the and like the, the mist coming in. I know. I know. Yeah, I don't really want to experience that. No, I'm good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem very enjoyable. No. Sorry, one second. Regardless of what you th- what I think, what do you think? I Okay, I know it seems like I believe everybody that tells these stories. I do believe that they experienced something out there that is unexplainable. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. When it, come, when it comes down to it, there's some things that are unexplainable in our lifetime. Exactly. Now, Dana. Okay. Now. We, like I said... I had a little thing. I put my big research topic on the back burner and I chose an old faithful to dive into this week. Old faithful. Old faithful. So I'm back with the cryptid. Oh. One of my all time favorites. Oh. And maybe one of the biggest ones known. I'm so excited. Megan, I think about what I've covered thus far. I know what it is. What is it? The Loch Ness Monster. I knew it because you said it was. What, what did you say it was? Nostalgic. I, like, I really loved it. No, or... there was a word that we used at the beginning of the show. Oh, I said it. I like, oh, I really like, I was, I was happy about talking about it. Yeah. Reverend. And, and the Loch Ness Monster is a happy creature. It is. So last week, Abby and I were thinking about moving out of the country. What? Which is a little dream that comes into our lives occasionally. And we look into it to keep the dream alive. And then one of the places that is number one in our heart is Scotland. Oh, yeah. Uh, We went there before in, I think, 2017. I think. Yeah, 2017, 2016. We loved it. Obsessed with it. We went to Edinburgh, so not really the Highlands area. But... Occasionally, oh, mom said, absolutely not. I couldn't move out of the country. So she did. She said, no. What about me? That sounds like her. (laughs) If dreams do, in fact, come true, one day I could dip my toes into the frigid waters and maybe spy with my little eye. Nessie herself. That's right. I'm doing a deep dive (laughs) with the Loch Ness Monster herself. So, a little geography for you here. Also, heads up, because I said, and I let you guys know that my week has been all over the wall, hectic of whatever. 
half of my notes on my computer, half of my notes are on a notebook. So I will be switching back and forth. So if you hear pages, it's me. <laughs> Doing the best I can. Getting by. Okay. You got it. So a little geography for you all. Loch Ness is one of the largest lochs or lakes in Scotland and Great Britain. So it is the second largest Scottish loch with its surface area, like the top of it, because it's 56 kilometers square or 22 square miles. But because it's so deep, it's the largest by volume in Great Britain. Mm. Does that make sense? So it's like it's second largest loch in Scotland. But mm-hmm. it's also the biggest by volume in Great Britain because at its deepest point, it's 230 meters, which is about 755 feet deep. Okay. So it's deep. And it, even though it's only the second deepest lock in Scotland after Loch Morar, all these locks. But anyway, it's so big, it contains more water than all of the lakes in England and Wales combined. Wow. So it's, it has a lot. It's a big boy. It's a big boy. So you can imagine all the deep and dark hiding places where a legend could hide away. Mm-hmm. Now, let me, I'm going to go to my notebook real quick for my early timeline <laughs> notes. Because the thing is, Scotland is very old. Obviously. But there's a lot of history with it and a lot of history that's remained and artifact and because early in the first century when the romans came over to scotland they came upon the pict tribe p-i-c-t which is a celtic tribe to the north of scotland in the highlands now to this day there are still some pictish stones which are standing stones they're they're tall stones standing and they have carvings in them and they have so many lifelike carvings of all sorts of animals that are all easily recognizable. Ooh. For one. Ooh. This is a large animal with an elongated beak or neck. And instead of feet, it has flippers, like flipper-like things. Some historians and scholars go on to describe it as a swimming elephant. Which, I mean, I don't know if elephants swim. Nor do I think that even if they did swim, they would have called Scotland home in the first century. Nonetheless, it goes on to show that even over 1,500 years ago, there was an unknown water creature in the freshwater locks of Scotland. And fabled sea creatures are no strangers to Scottish folklore. Because they have things like water horses or water kelpies that are in their folklore stories that are magical-like creatures that were were or are known to lure people, particularly small children, to the water. And they kind of get them to climb upon their back to ride them. But once the kids are on top of them, they're stuck. Oh. And then they drag them to their watery grave. It's terrible. And the only sign that the child was ever there was that the next day their liver would wash ashore. Wait, 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 wait. 
So with that in mind, the Picts, the Kelpies, and the Highland Locks, we have one of the earliest recounts of a creature that may have been our dear Nessie. And the this is the one of the recordings of it. This was in 565 AD. And this is from the biography of Saint Columba. Not Columbo and not Columbia. Columba. Okay. He was the first person who was credited to bringing the idea of Christianity to the Celtic land of Scotland. Mm, whatever. Mm. According to his account, he was traveling to visit the king of the Pictish tribe in the Highlands. And on the way, he passed by Loch Ness when he happened to look over and he saw some locals burying a man by the river. Now, with Loch Ness, it takes its name from the River Ness. The river flows from the northern end of Scotland and is like a tributary of it. So he sees them burying the, ma- the man by there, and they tell him the man was swimming when they, he was attacked by a water beast that mauled him and dragged him under. And they couldn't even save him by the boat. So Columbus <laughs> said, I have an idea. I'm going to send one of my followers to swim across this river as bait. What? To see what he doesn't say You're as bait. a good bait. Christian boy. He doesn't say as bait, but we all know. He said he sent a follower to swim across the river. And I'm like, did you send him? Like, did you offer this to him? Did you force him to do this? You didn't vol- I don't think you volunteered to swim across. Right? Okay. I am telling you this story. This story, I feel, is like complete utter BS of like Christianity being like, look, we did this. Because he says when his followers are swimming across the river, he sees the, be- the beast approach him. And Columbus says, he made the sign of a cross. And he says, and I quote, go no further. Do not touch the man. Go back at once. Talking to the longest monster, who apparently said he's very Christian, so he understood. He said, "Yeah, I feel Nessie's a girl." Blushes me. Nessie said, "Oh yeah, sir. Sorry, I didn't realize you were a Christ man." (laughs) Um, because apparently Nessie stopped as is pulled by ropes. Oh my God! And fled. Get out of here. Columbus. Columbus said he gave thanks for what this miracle. Oh, yeah. So they were using poor little Nessie as a way to proselytize or whatever. Mm-hmm. So let's be real. That's some colonizer Christianity BS. But it's still an interesting thing about Nessie being there. And who knows? Maybe Nessie was just a sweet guy. You think Nessie's a boy? I think is a girl. A sweet gal. Gal or guy. I mean, there's a little bit of, there has to be more there's than one. Honestly, they have to be. You're you're absolutely right, Megan. I'm wrong, but you. But I like that you speak of Nessie as a girl because she's a little sweetie. She is sweetie. She's getting by. People people are the problem as always. So let's be real. Mm-hmm. So know. now we're gonna jump ahead into the 1900s because let's be real. That's where we need to be right now. 
1933, there was a new road that was finally completed that that went around one of the shores of Loch Ness. So it gave more people a way to go through the area. And they were able to see the lock clearer as they were driving by. Now, now, 1933 and 1934, we have some of the most repetitive, like, back-to-back-to-back sightings. And also, we get the first inkling of Nessie as her name or as a monster. I know. So, on May 2nd, uh, 1933, was the first article that was published in the Inverness Courier, and it was written by Alex Campbell. And in it, he gave the account of the McKays, Alvey and John McKay, who, in April of that same year, they said that they were driving on the road they said the road name is the A82, and they saw an enormous creature with the body of a whale rolling in the water in the lock while they were driving. Yikes. They saw it rolling and plunging on the surface. Now, this is where the word monster was reportedly first supplied about the Loch Ness monster. Oh. Titled Strange Spect- Spectacle in Loch Ness. And a quote from the article reads as follows The creature disported itself, rolling and plunging for a fully a minute, its body resembling that of a whale, and the water cascading and churning like a, sh- like a simmering cauldron. Soon, however, it disappeared in a boiling mass of foam. Both onlookers confessed that there was something uncanny about the whole thing. For they realized that here was no ordinary densing of the depth, because apart from its enormous size, the beast, in taking the final plunge, sent out waves that were big enough to have been caused by a passing steamer. Ooh. Now, the wife yelled, stop the beast, when, when seeing it, and, and they, they pulled over to look at it. The article also mentioned that for generations, Loch Ness has been credited with being home of a fearsome-looking monster. So, just a few months later, so the article came out in May. They had seen it in April, argument May. And then in July, another sighting happened. This was in July of that year. George Spicer and his wife saw, and I quote, a most extraordinary form of animal crossing the road in front of their car. What? Yeah. They saw it out of the water. They said it had a, it had a large body and a long, wavy, narrow neck that was slightly thicker than an elephant's trunk. Which, once again, elephants and long nets. Two things I wouldn't think would be together, but once again, there they are. It was as long as the 10 to 12 foot width of the road. Wow. They saw no limbs. What? 
which I don't know why. That's scary. I'm you. scared of that. I read that I said, I don't like that. Right? Why am I more afraid of something that would be less likely to get me because it doesn't have limbs? You're right. And then one with. I don't know. Yeah. So it's going across the road. So it's lurching across the road and leaving a trail of like broken debris behind it. And Spicer says, and they quote, it was the nearest approach to a dragon or prehistoric animal that I've ever seen in my life. The neck, he said, a long neck, was moved up and down in the manner of a scenic railway. What? And I said, sir, <laughs> what does that mean? I'm trying to figure that out. Like, is he like talking about the, the old like jostling, like a jostling neck? I, I don't know. I thought he meant like those old like people would go on this train track and little machine and they'd pump it up and down. <laughs> I'm wrong. I think you're right. Like the seesaw thing, right? When you said that, it clicked. Like that's the way his neck was moving. I'm doing it right now, but. I don't have a long neck. A uh, <laughs> long neck? Well, it had an animal in its mouth and a body that was, quote, fairly big with a high back. But, once again, if there were any feet, they must have been, quote, unquote, the web kind. And I said, what is that? I don't like it. I don't either. And as for a tail, I cannot say, as it moved so rapidly that when we got to the spot, it had probably disappeared in so long. I can see something moving really fast. It's late at night, guys. We <laughs> we have we've worked all day. And all day. I've had a screaming eighteen month old on my <laughs> from seven AM to five PM. Forgive us, please. <laughs> Give us another chance. <laughs> don't let, don't take it on Nessie. Nessie doesn't, Nessie doesn't deserve this. No. And so that happened in July. And then in August, again, the courier once again published the report on the sighting. And this sighting itself, basically, this one coupled with the one prior to that, it's like the public interest is slowly ticking up. And people are saying they've also seen things. So it leads to the solidification of an actual name, the Loch Ness Monster. Aww. As people are reporting about it, people are like, oh, I saw it too. So did I. And same year, we're jumping ahead just a little bit again to November 12th of 1933. And Hugh Gray, he's the first picture. It's very blurry. And if you look at it, they say you see a head of a dog that can be seen as well, which Gray had taken his dog out for a walk that day. And it's suspected that the photograph depicts his dog fetching a stick from the lock. Now, I haven't seen the picture that well, so I'm not sure if there's something separate from the apparent monster or like the dogs in the corner. Some people say that what you see as a quote unquote monster is just an otter or swan swimming and of course <laughs> original negatives 
we're lost. Ugh. Yeah. And what was his name? Hugh Gray. Hugh Gray. And then we're going to skip ahead again to 1934. We're January. So November was Hugh Gray. And this is Arthur Grant. And Arthur Grant was a motorcyclist who almost hit the creature. So this is the second time this creature has crossed the road. And I just want to say, where is the chicken crossing the road jokes about Loch Ness? Because, <laughs> right? There's quite a few of these sightings, right? I'd be like, this is kind of a lot. And he said it had a small head attached to a really long neck. And the creature saw him and hurried across the road to the loft. Come on now, guys. The jokes, the jokes write itself. Now, the thing is, Grant was actually studying to be a veterinarian. So he used the description to describe it as somewhere between a seal and a plesiosaur. So he said, a small seal. And an extinct dinosaur. So he said, okay. So he got off of his motorcycle and tried to follow it to the lake, but he said only ripples remained where it was. And he actually drew the creature. And he said, he showed it to a zoologist. She said, mm, yes, the movements and appearance are. Sorry like an otter and he said well it was giant and everyone said mm, maybe it was a, maybe it was a faulty observation oh. he saw it from far away and there was poor light conditions no yes other people say he may have seen an otter or a seal and he exaggerated his sighting over time poor guy I must hit a dinosaur. <laughs> I saw a normal-sized otter. Right? Big are otters that you would see it. Sorry. I'm dying. That you would see it. Motorcycles have a little, at least like a headlight, like a lamp thing. You would see like, oh, yes, let me swerve away from hitting this tiny otter. Right? I just feel like. Mm, there's something fishy here. I concur. Thank you so much. Now, there is a photograph. When you think of the Loch Ness monster, what do what photograph do you think of? I think of the famous one, the one that is. Can I say it? Yeah. Fake. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one that's called the surgeon's photograph. It's from 1934 as well. And it was first published in April of 1934 in the Daily Mail. And this was supposedly taken by a gynecologist named Robert Kenneth Wilson. And he didn't want his name with it at all. So for the longest time, it was known as the surgeon's photograph. Okay. 
And he said he was walking along the lake, or the lock, I'm sorry, looking, and he saw the, the monster and took four pictures. And these are the pictures that had, like, the creature's head and neck above the water. And as you show that that there's there's four pictures, only two came out clear. Only two came out clearly. The first one showed a small head and a back. And the second showed a similar head in a diving position. Because the second was a little bit blurry. So the first one is like the one that was known. And once again, Megan, people kept saying driftwood. Driftwood? Or like a piece of wood. Mm-hmm. An otter? Or what else, Megan? I don't know. The train thing? No. An elephant. Oh, my God. And can I just say, when the 1933 ones happened at first, there was some notes that I had, I forgot to mention, that they actually had a circus was like, we will pay you $20,000 to have it. And I said, you don't get Nessie. You don't get to have But... I was like, you already taken all the, all the elephants. Right? Leave this water elephant alone. So yeah, basically like what you said there, it was cropped weirdly and there were so many things that it looked like the object was being towed at one point. And it says that it was actually small, about two to three feet long. And it's just like, I think in 1975, it kind of faded away into obscurity. But it, yeah, it was, it was the biggest thing for 50 years. Wow. That it wait, was- wait, wait. So for 50 years, it was not known? Yeah, that was fake. They, they didn't know that for that long? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was like, just like a big hoax thing. Oh, so petty and to ruin it. It ruined it. ruin it. And that's the thing. Because of that, everyone's like, it's fake. It's fake. It's fake. Because of that one person, you know? Right. And so there's a couple other people like throughout then too. And but there's also everyone's always saying it's otters. It's otters, it's otters, it's otters. There was a single frame in a 1938, like 16 millimeter film where you see some movements in water and they say oh no it's a floating object not a not a monster and then there was another one in the 70s as well where the he took in 1977 this guy was camping next to the castle nearby the lock and he said that he saw the clearest picture of the monster to the day he took a picture of it and then he said that he, his name is Anthony Shields, he said he summoned the animal out of the water and he described it as an elephant squid. And I'm just saying, what the fuck with the elephants? I would like to know now. Yeah. And it's actually because how stage it looks now, it's known as the Loch Ness Muppet. Oh, my God. So there's all these pictures, all these sightings, all these, like, small videos, small videos. And 
ones that get me are the sonar images. In like the 2000s, 2011, there was, so this captain of a boat, he did a, the sonar of it. And there was an image of a 4.9 foot object that was seen to be following the boat for two minutes. And it was 75 feet deep. They said it wasn't any small fish or seal, but then someone said the image is a bloom of algae or zooplankton. Following them? And I said, follow them? And I, said, I could see maybe if it was like they got on the sonar and then it got went out of sonar, but I don't think it would follow them. Right. How fast were they moving? Do we know? Mm-mm. That's, that, that, that's, that's a good question, too. But the thing is, it followed him for two minutes. Yeah. And, I, and the term following, you're not staying still, you know? Exactly. And then there was, in 2012, there was a skipper named George Edwards. And he said that he has a photo of Nessie, that he had searched for Nessie for over 26 years. And spent 60 hours a week on a boat called, his boat's called Nessie Hunter the Fourth. The Fourth. And I said, what happened to one of the three? Right. <laughs> and he says that he has a picture of it. And he says, in my opinion, it probably looks like a kind of manatee, but not a mammal. Which, aren't manatees mammals? Yeah. Thank you. When people see three humps, they're probably just seeing three separate monsters. So he's saying that each bump you see is something separate. But there's three of them together, but there might be smaller ones. And then once again said, someone said, it's a fiberglass hump. A fiberglass hump? But then he said that that the person, one person said, well, the researcher said it was a fiberglass hump because... Edwards, the guy who works at it, he worked in on a documentary with the National Geographic Channel, and they use something similar to that. And so they're saying, "Why don't you? Like, what did you use that again for your own thing?" Manatees are so cute. So if he looks like a manatee, sorry, I'm still thinking about the manatee. Same. I'm thinking of the elephants. So honestly, Nessie can be an elephant across the road any day in my book. Right? Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, there's so many things about Nessie. And even in, like, 2016, the Google Doodle was the surgeon's photo, even though it's fake. They did a thing on Google Street View where you could kind of, like, go under the water to see things. Oh, really? And I'm like, I wanted to try to find that so much like, to see if I could see anything. But I'd be so afraid if, if I did it. And I saw something. Right? Right? That is scary, but also I want to do it too. Also, can I just talk about how I don't I don't want to see an elephant in Scotland. I don't want to see an elephant swimming underwater. I don't I mean they must be able to do something. They're trunks and make them breathe above. I love elephants, but just imagine swimming in the deep, deep lock that is Loch Ness. Loch Ness and seeing an elephant. I don't know. That scares me a little. Yeah. 
And so there, so there are so many different things, and many other people have like said they've seen it. Uh, and then even like in 2014, there's something here that I saw a note about that a satellite image on Apple Map showed a dark mass in the water. People said, "Oh, it must have been the wake of a boat." Oh my god! Yeah, and I said, "Or a seal, or a float, like not an elephant this time." So one of the things people say is it could be seals, it could be eels, it could be the wake of boats people see, an elephant, shark, that, because like the water in the lock is fresh water, but it has a river, and there is a Greenland shark that can, oh, travel in there? Dive in fresh water. Okay. So it has a small, so the dorsal fin they're saying could be the head people see. Mm-hmm. There's catfish people are saying could be a catfish. Or other animals like the birds with long necks out of the water. Oh. Or trees or gas. So, and I said, gas? Yeah, that one kind of makes you go. So, yeah. And then there's also the thing is what I think it could be. A lot of the things people talk about how it looks a lot like the plesiosaur. Mm Mm-hmm. The long, the long necked water dinosaur from the Cretaceous period, and I'm like, why can't it be? People always say it couldn't be because it could not lift its head and swim like that out of water, and I'm like, but the water is so deep, and we only know so much of the ocean. Why can't it be? Which also that freaks me out too. How we've only just got like. How we've only we've only just begun, literally, of the ocean. We only know Abby. Is she singing? Two percent. No, I asked her the question. She can hear me. <laughs> we've only we've only explored. Thank you. We've only explored two percent of the ocean. God, that's so amazing. That's so exciting. So I'm like, if that's the case for the oceans, why can't there be things we don't know deep in the water? And while I do agree that a lot of the things were like hoaxes or right. people try to be like, oh, a miracle happened. There, there's been so many things and folklores about the water. There has to be something there. And it's not an elephant crossing the road. I mean, yes, especially the ocean and deep, deep waters. Like we still, when was the panda first? Oh, my God. When was the panda first? Just That was like not that long ago. Right? Like a hundred or something years, maybe a little bit more than a hundred, I think. Um, 1869. 1869. So the panda, not that long ago. The and that is on. Oh wait, also I'm sorry. And then the first westerner to have been seen a living giant panda was in 1916. Yes. Yep. We don't know anything. No. So the ocean, we can't even discover. We can't even explore parts of it because it's too deep. Uh, so welcome to Scary Stories. We don't know anything about the world. That's the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. Right. There are monsters out there. Boo. True. True. So Megan, what do you think? Nessie? Of course. I you think know. Nessie. I, I think Nessie exists. I don't know what everybody saw. I do remember this one episode of Unsolved Mysteries where the lady had seen, it wasn't Loch Ness. It was another 
like Champ, Lake Champlain. I love Champ. Oh, yeah. Champ too. They're similar, like cousins. They're cousins, yeah. So I think they exist. I don't know if they're still around. Maybe, you know, it passed away or something, which is very sad. And, you know, the body could have been sunken. Yeah, and eaten by other little creatures in the lake or lock. Exactly. But, yes. She's number one in my heart. I know. She really is. She's a sweetie. I just love her because she's, I think she's a real sweetie. I think she is, too. Yeah. So we believe. We want to believe. I can't wait till the day that they say. say, There she is. Exactly. There she goes. I honestly hope they don't do it because people are horrible. The end. I know. I know. is what manatees are for us. She's the elephant manatee of Scotland. Tina, you're right. Yes, I know. My gosh, you're right. Don't deserve her. So let her be happy. She's an old lady now. She needs her rest, guys. Let her be. Let her be. Ah. And on that note, everyone, we will leave you with the most hectic, chaotic episode to date. But don't worry. There's more coming next week. <laughs> so until then, you can find us at Instagram and Twitter at Scary Sisters Pod. And you can email us for any suggestions, updates, questions, concerns, all the fun stuff at scarysisterspod at gmail.com. Don't forget to wish Megan a happy birthday. And until next week, stay safe and stay spooky. Love you. Bye. Bye. Oh.